Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. All right, we're trying something new today, everybody. And some of you may hate it, some of you may like it, but that's how things go when you try something new. First of all, hello, welcome to the show. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a sports ethos presentation. I am Dan Bespris, but I this is the time of year where I want to demo some stuff. It's the end of the season. We got two and a half weeks left to try a few things out and sort of... This is, you know, when I when I used to work in minor league baseball, we just sort of this metaphorical grabbing a, a handful of darts, and just slinging them at a wall and seeing if anything hits the target. Last night on Twitter, I put out a poll asking people if they would prefer that I take what is on the recorded side about a 40 to 50 minute show and on YouTube, which is now blown with the Q&A session up to typically an hour to an hour 20, if I took these and split it into distinct pieces. The thought process behind this is my shows right now are basically two distinct chunks mushed together. And for a long time, we've done the sort of breaking news and recap part of the show in one chunk and the look-ahead portion of the show in the other chunk. But over time, I began to realize that I've been kind of rushing a little bit, which I know might surprise a lot of you uh, because I think I am the slowest talker in uh, fantasy analysis podcasting. And not, but honestly, I'm fine with that. I'm a, not to say retired, but because uh, I still do some sports, some baseball play-by-play, but I'm a baseball play-by-play guy at heart that's doing a podcast. So everything I do has this sort of sing-songy lilt to it like a baseball radio cast. But I found that over time, by the time I got through whatever rant I had that I wanted to fire off into the ether, and then the yesterday review part of the show, I found myself really blitzing through the what are we looking for, what's coming up, and even more recently, the playoff streaming guide part of the show. So, and then I had folks that reached out to me on the side that said, Dan, you know, this time of year, you're basically doing two different shows. You're doing a show for people that are playing Roto. You're doing a show for people that are playing head to head and you're trying to mush them together. And I'm like, yeah, honestly, that that's the truth. I am trying to mush two different shows together. And they said, I just skip over the first half. Like, okay, well, sorry. And then I had other people that are like, Dan, I skip, I skip the second half. I just turned the show off after the first half. Those folks are missing all my delightful promos in between the two halves of the show. So anyway, back to the beginning of the story. I put out this Twitter poll last night saying, should I just split the show into two pieces? And it's not an overwhelming... I was really hoping that there would be an overwhelming majority on one side or the other. I knew there, in all likelihood it wasn't going to be. But it's about 60-40 of folks that do want me to split the show into two chunks. So we're going to try that. And I know that all the folks that voted to leave it as is are going to be a little bit annoyed. But at the same time, you don't really have to change much about what you're doing um, other than instead of being able to just roll through one thing, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll just roll into the next one. Uh, You'll click the next recording when it comes out, which I guess that's a little bit annoying, which, you know, 
Another reason to subscribe is you get an alert uh, when the, the second half of the show comes out. For the recorded listeners, you really don't have to do anything all that different because when the second portion of the show gets dropped, whatever it is, two, three, four hours later, something like that, so we have a little more information on the games coming up later on tonight, you'll get your alert. It'll come up on your RSS feed, and you'll just listen to it at two different chunks of time. I do think the second part is going to be a shorter show. If I had to guess, the look ahead, the playoff streaming guide, that's probably not going to be quite as long as the recap most evenings. But I do kind of want to see how this goes. If it's an enormous pain in the butt for me, scheduling-wise, you know, setting up the YouTubes, things like that, then maybe we pivot back into the one-show portion. If it turns out to be really complicated for some other reason, maybe we pivot back. Or... Maybe it ends up being really cool. Maybe folks are able to then isolate the the content that they want the most and do it in a quicker, simpler fashion. So that's what's coming up. That's what's new. We're going to try that. Yes, I know. You're like, Dan, why the bleep and bleep are you trying this on a random Thursday towards the end of March and not like roll it out on a Monday at the beginning of a week like a normal person? Honestly, I don't know. It's just an idea that kept coming up And finally, last night, I was like, you know what? Let's just try it. And so that's what we're doing today. So with that annoying preamble in the books, and I'm sure all of you are already irritated that you had to sit through that before you got to the fantasy stuff, but I wanted to let you know why the second, if you call it a half of this show, just doesn't exist on this particular episode. That's why. Let's talk about yesterday. Denver blew out Washington. This game was over uh, well before the the 14-point final score might have indicated. That's why Christoph Porzingis only got 22 minutes. The uh, Bradley Beal sat this one out on the Washington side, so uh, you got a bigger game out of Denny Avdia, although a lot of turnovers there. That one actually kind of nailed me because I rolled Denny in a, in a head-to-head league, and I badly need to win turnovers in that league to stand a chance. But overall, I mean, we know how this thing goes. When Beal sits, usage gets redistributed among the other players. The problem, of course, here is that the game was over early. Nuggets blew them out, especially it was a particularly large third quarter, so Monte Morris, who's normally a pretty big winner when Beal sits, he didn't quite get to where we would have wanted him to get. Uh, Corey Kispert is a pretty good streamer for threes, usually when Beal sits, but he only hit one. The Wizards only hit four as a team in yesterday's ballgame, so that didn't go so great. Porzingis was fine. I mean, while his team was getting slaughtered, he was fine. And then Avdia was pretty good. Uh, but let's just wait and see. It, it does feel like this could be, I want to say the beginning of the end for the Washington Wizards, but it might be the beginning of the end. They've lost four games in a row. Uh, they are two and a half back of the Bulls, who did lose, so that didn't change day over day. Uh, but the Wizards, the Magic won their last ballgame. Wizards only had two games up on the Magic for dropping into an even lower playoff or uh, lottery spot. I believe they're a half game back of the Portland Trailblazers in that lottery ball situation or ahead of them, depending on sort of which direction you're looking at it from. So the Wizards really could pull the plug and try to get to that sixth worst record or whatever. Are they sixth worst right now? Yeah, they're sixth worst right now. They could... uh, Am I getting that right? Yeah, Spurs, Rockets, Pistons, Hornets, Magic are all worse. The Wizards are sixth. Maybe they could get down to fifth worst. They're not getting any worse than that, but you know, fifth, 
If you end up with the fifth pick, that's better than the sixth pick. And at this point, I don't know what the the real impetus is to keep it going. So keep a very close watch on Washington is kind of the end result of this because you might see Porzingis start to get shut down. You might see Daniel Gafford get shut down. You might see Monte Morris get shut down. It's hard to know which guys are going to just kind of take some days off here down the stretch. But the beneficiaries, one would assume, guys like Avdia, if Morris keeps playing, he would be a big winner. We saw Jordan Goodwin actually put up really big numbers earlier this season when he had a, a kind of an opening to do it. But Kispert, if he got to take 14, 15 shots or something like that, if Gafford gets to play through it, the Wizards could be a treasure trove of like the true silly season stuff. I don't know that you necessarily need to get out in front of it right now, but if you really wanted to, Denny Avdia was someone I picked up yesterday. And by the way, this is another reason to do the look-ahead show a little later in the day. Once we got the Bradley Beal news, it was probably worth somehow getting on a podcast that Denny Avdia was going to be more valuable. No real news on the Nuggets side. They are generally a start-the-starters kind of team, except maybe for Aaron Gordon, who's not surprisingly fallen off from his insane earlier season marks when when Michael Porter and Jamal Murray were missing time. Uh, Bruce Brown is seeing pretty reasonable minutes, even with the team healthy. But, you know, what do we add about the Nuggets? Nikola Jokic has been sickeningly good again. Believe it or not, he's actually... Uh, tied with Joel Embiid on a per-game basis. He's beaten him by totals because Jokic has six extra games under his his belt buckle. But it's not the runaway it was last year. The top of the board is a little bit tighter this season. Last year, if you had Nikola Jokic, you basically just won your league. This year, you actually have to do some other stuff to also win your league. (laughs) All right, let's move on to the next one. Warriors won a road game. Yes, it's true. It happened. They've won two road games, in fact, although one of them was against a, uh, a tanking team. Uh, the Warriors are now 38-36. and 36. They move a game up on the, uh, well, the Thunder and, and Wolves each won their last ballgame as well, but they put a little bit of distance between themselves and the Mavericks. Warriors are going to have to keep on winning. They moved within a half game of the Clippers, who play the Thunder tonight. Big games happening all around in that Western Conference playoff race. Uh, but let's focus on the fantasy stuff. Draymond Green, foul trouble in this one. So Jonathan Kaminga saw some extra time, and he was terrific. Kaminga's been coming on of late. It's hard to ignore. Obviously, when Draymond is in foul trouble, you get a little bit more Kavon Looney as well. For the Warriors, Looney and Kaminga were pretty well isolated as schedule stream guys. Uh, Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Boo, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly. The go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits. Then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area. Find the best deals on game day drinks and get 
back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. I don't know that I have the stones to bump them above that yet, but it's it's damn close. And certainly if you're looking at it from the Roto side, at this point in Roto, you're stat hunting. In head-to-head, you're hunting... Uh, like a totals amount of stuff in Roto, you're hunting individual categories and you kind of know at this point, like if you need rebounds, you can roll Kavon Looney. He's going to give you a good chunk of rebounds, even if he doesn't do a whole lot else for Kaminga, uh, pretty good with steals, kind of a little smattering of many things. Doesn't rebound that great. Doesn't pass all that great, but does a little bit of a bunch of stuff. There's an intrigue level there. And then Dante DiVincenzo, uh, whose minutes have been bouncing around a little bit here of late. He only played 24 in this one because Anthony Lamb grabbed a few extra minutes. Uh, he was good again, DiVincenzo. I'm not, I'm, I'm not abandoning ship. I know the minutes are trending the wrong way, but I think you can probably hold on in basically all formats. And then if you look over on the Dallas side, Kyrie out, Luka back, and Luka big time back. 30 points, 7 boards, 17 assists in his return. But... 41% shooting on 27 field goal attempts, 6 of 10 at the free throw line, 5 turnovers. It's hard to fault him because they need him to do all that stuff, but also those things do hurt on the fantasy side. We mentioned Christian Wood. He's always going to be better when either or both of the stars are out, and Wood was solid enough in this one. 25 minutes is enough for him. Josh Green was decent. Jaden Hardy had a really good game off the bench. But, I mean, what you need to do here with Jaden Hardy is you need to try to take the blinders off a little bit and say, okay, well, how good was this line really? And the answer is, this line was good because dude shot the lights out from three. It's six three-pointers on a good percentage. But outside of that, five boards, one assist, one steal, one block, those are things... You know, the steal in the block is nice, but it kind of felt a little bit lucky. And then with Josh Green, we know there's not a ton of defensive stats either. I have a lot of trouble starting any of these other Mavericks. And and by the way, it's worth noting that Tim Hardaway Jr. was out for this ballgame. So there was more shot to go around for Bullock and Hardy and Green. And when Hardaway's back, those won't be there. I'm just not going to take a chance on those guys, even knowing that the Mavericks do still have a couple games left this week and roll into a better schedule next week. Kyrie could resurface at any moment. Tim Hardaway could resurface at any moment. It's simply too risky. This is a bad loss for Toronto. Uh, They're still the nine seed, and they still got a two-game edge over the Pacers, for falling out of the play-in, but that's the team that they just lost to without Tyrese Halliburton. Andrew Nemhart was really good. Um, he's a tough play every day because you've seen how the numbers fluctuate a lot. He's a schedule stream play as long as Halliburton's out. Um, but I think we see Tyrese possibly in one half of their upcoming back-to-back, which makes the Nemhard thing kind of complicated. Same story for TJ McConnell. You probably hold these guys until you can't anymore in whatever format it might be. 
McConnell, all formats. Nemhart probably more so on the head-to-head side. But I, I do think we see Halliburton again this season. I don't, I don't think the Pacers are ready to completely give up yet. They're only a game and a half back of Chicago. So, And that's why earlier this week, I, I put down this big caveat on Isaiah Jackson, which was like, look, if you want to get out in front of this thing, that's fine. But I don't think the Pacers are going to pull the plug on their season basically until it's mathematically done. Now, if they lose at Boston, at Atlanta, they won in Toronto, though. That was a game that I think I had checkmarked as probably a loss. You know, If they lose in Boston, which they probably will, Atlanta will be sort of a coin flip. Dallas, depending on who's healthy, they'll have a shot there. Milwaukee, they probably lose. OKC, they probably lose. Cleveland, they probably lose. But now we're talking about the last week. So do we get more than three or four games out of Isaiah Jackson? Maybe, but I don't think it's... I don't think it's probably. I think it's 50-50 you get more than four games out of him. That's why we were talking about kind of getting ahead of something. And so Roto, yeah, I mean, you can make that one-week investment to get the big one week. But head-to-head, I don't think you can. Will there be other guys that step up during that last week? Yeah, probably, but, you know, we'll get there when we get there. Toronto, uh, no Scotty Barnes in this one. And no Gary Trent Jr. in this one. So Will Barton got the start and stunk. Chris Boucher was actually the big winner coming off the bench. Hard for me to tell you to pick up Boucher. Roto, you could add him and, you know, find out if any of those guys are still out tomorrow when the Raptors have the Pistons. But, I mean, really, if either Trent or Barnes comes back, I don't know that you trust Boucher. If they're both still out, then yes, obviously you can... You can kind of lean into it uh, and roll from there, but that's the only real news on the Toronto side. Knicks lost to Miami. New York is in a little bit of a defensive funk right now. They've lost a couple games in a row. They've basically fallen out of getting into that top four in the East. I think it'd be really hard for them to gain four games on a good Cavaliers team that's largely healthy right now. Knicks still do have a two-game lead over the Nets and the Heat. I don't know how much that matters to them. I would say at least a little bit, because right now if the Knicks hang out in the five, they'll have the Cavs in the first round of the playoffs, and I'd I'd reckon they'd prefer Cleveland over Philly, Boston, or Milwaukee. I don't know. I'm sure they would prefer to just be healthy, but whatever. Josh Hart, another nice game off the bench. He's been amazing fantasy-wise. Emmanuel Quickly, as we talked about, is more of a schedule play now with Jalen Brunson back, and uh, Quentin Grimes had a rare good ball game. You could probably call him a schedule play at times, but also you've missed your shot because New York's, they play tonight, and then they're off the rest of the week after that. So blah, blah, move on. Jimmy Butler, big one. Big one for Jimmy Buckets. Uh, Heat have quietly played a little bit better of late. Six games over, 500. I guess they're technically tied with the Nets right now. I think they said that they were behind them. Um, They're making a lot of two-pointers, Miami, and they're making some three-pointers, which is sort of what it takes for that team. Gabe Vincent has been playing better since Kyle Lowry came back, and seems like it just sort of pushed him to play better. But you've just got this laundry list of schedule play type guys on a team that is in the midst of a very bad stretch of schedule. Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero. That's as far as you go with Miami on Roto. Those are the guys you're holding through the bad schedule week if you can. 
And then uh, if or when the Heat schedule gets a little bit better, which it doesn't really until the very end, then you could look at guys like Struess, Vincent, Lowry, Kevin Love, Caleb Martin, whatever, but not yet. Milwaukee absolutely obliterated San Antonio. Um, so the minutes were all over the map. Zach Collins only got 23 minutes, and he was fine in them. I do wonder if this is going to allow the Spurs, if you want to call them the regulars, to play in their next ballgame because really only Devin Vassell played starters minutes last night. Kata Bates' job had a uh, better performance after getting super low minutes for a number of ball games. So I guess that was something if you had him for the back-to-back. Sandro, Mamu Kalashvili, Mamu Kalashvili. He had two blocks. Where the hell that came from? So that worked out on the back-to-back stream if if you held it through both. Uh, Vassell, he's a, a hold on in all formats. Collins is a hold in all formats. Um... Trey Jones is kind of your maybe. Keldon Johnson I had to drop yesterday because he got ruled out for both halves of the back-to-back. Oh, boy. Um, All right, well, the Milwaukee side, they also got to rest their guys pretty early. Chris Middleton had so many turnovers for my team. Again, it's killing me with the turnovers here. Um, But the Bucs are pretty predictable these days. Grayson Allen had a big defensive stat game, and a bunch of fringe guys played better because the game was over by halftime. But... You know, whatever. Move on. Nothing to see here on the Milwaukee side. Memphis got John Morant back. He played 24 minutes off the bench at 17-4-5 with two steals and a block. Tyus Jones, sort of the last dance for him, was still a good one with 14-7. and David Roddy got the start for the suspended Dylan Brooks. We talked about Luke Kennard as a possible three-point streamer with Brooks suspended, and he did get you three of those for whatever that's worth. JJJ had a career night, 37-10. and Good Lord. What a season for JJJ. We need to stop and give the golf clap. He's number 13 on a per-game basis. He really did hold as a near-first-rounder the whole damn season. By the way, non-sequitur, Kawhi Leonard, now a first-rounder per game on the season. He's just been on his way up for God knows how long. Kawhi Leonard's number three over the last three months I still am playing this game of, like, can Kawhi Leonard get to his totals ADP? And the answer is probably no, but he is at number 48 right now. Like, he's not going to be that far off. If he plays in all but, I think they have one more back-to-back, the Clippers do. So if he plays in every game except that one, you might get Kawhi Leonard into the third round by totals. Which is pretty insane considering how bad the first the the first eight weeks of the season were for him. Crazy. And now with Paul George out, he might even go bigger. Good lord. Let the good times roll. Um, let's see, what do we got here? What else from this one? Houston side. Um Tari Eason, twenty seven minutes. He didn't do a whole lot with them, but he did get his twenty seven minutes, so I, I still think you hold on there. And no other changes on the Houston side. KJ Martin had a bigger ball game. He'd been sliding back towards schedule stream play with the club largely healthy. I don't know that this one game necessarily bumps him out of that zone, but it does make the schedule play more fun. Philly blew out Chicago. No James Harden. Joel Embiid played the first half, and then they rested him out. I mean, this this legitimately killed me. My 
this same team, I I mean, you know what you're getting into with stuff like this, but you figured this game would be competitive after the last one went to double overtime, but you can also understand what Philly was doing. They opened up like a 30-point lead at halftime, and they thought, you know what? We're going to trust these guys to hold on to it, and they did. They did hold on to it because the Bulls kind of semi-pulled the plug also. DeMar DeRozan got hurt, quad strain. He might miss a couple of ball games on the Chicago side. As far as Philly goes, you know, they might give Harden another game or two off because they're playing really well. Uh, they've been one of the hottest teams in the NBA, if not the hottest team. They're only a half game back of the Celtics for the two spot, although I don't know how much that means to them. In the meantime, DeAnthony Melton is going completely crazy. He's been one of the most effective streams here with guys missing time again, and he's a must-start in all formats while anybody in that starting lineup is hurt because uh, Jalen McDaniels is hurt, so there isn't any competition for those sixth-man minutes right now, which, you know, he's back in the starting lineup, but yeah, I think you guys know what I mean when I talk about Melton. So keep Melton going. No, that's an easy call there. What about Chicago, though? Last time DeMar DeRozan missed a few ball games, Patrick Williams actually was the guy who stepped it up. The previous time, it was Alex Caruso, but he wasn't in. He, he sat this one out. He'll probably be back for Chicago's next ball game. Bulls play tomorrow. They are in Portland, so they've got a, a little haul, and then that's the start of actually a pretty difficult road trip. It's short, but they've got Lakers-Clippers Sunday-Monday over the weekend and into next week. Uh, you know DeMar is going to want to try to get back for those ball games, but I don't know if he will. And so in the very short term, we saw Kobe White have a better ball game, and he might make sense as more of a head-to-head type of play. But if you're looking Roto side, it would be Patrick Williams. He'd be the guy that steps up. We like the defensive stats, and giving him a little bit more usage is really all it takes to make him a very intriguing fantasy play. Minnesota. Got themselves a very late win over the Atlanta Hawks, 125-124. Carl Anthony Towns came back and played 26 damn minutes. And was a team best plus 13. I thought Minnesota would lose this game. Uh, I mentioned on yesterday's show making a bet on Atlanta, which covered. Hawks were catching four and a half points on the road, so that worked out. Um, But, you know... Looking at the Western Conference, this is a really big win for the Wolves, getting Cat back and also not having things fully disrupted. Mike Conley's role is going to shrink, and when Anthony Edwards comes back, it's going to shrink further. Uh, Nas Reed went crazy big off the bench in this one because sometimes that just happens. And Slow Mo still played 36 minutes despite the return of Carl Anthony Towns. And I know you're like, oh, well, the line wasn't as good. Yeah, the line wasn't as good mostly because he just didn't get defensive stats. Minnesota has a terrible schedule the rest of this week, so I totally understand if if you're on the head-to-head side, you're punting on any of the more fringy players, which for this team would be, and I know Jaden McDaniels had a huge ball game here, but I would, I would understand if you had to let go of McDaniels, of Conley, of Slow-Mo, do try to hold on if you can, because the Wolves' schedule is better starting on Sunday. They go five times over eight days starting on Sunday. If you can try to hold on, understand that Cat's minutes will continue to increase. It probably dings Nas Reed and Torian Prince more than the others. When Edwards comes back, that's when we're really going to have to worry about all of this other stuff, because that's another mid-30s in minutes that's going to have to get chewed up, where right now... 
they could just kind of slot Towns into the missing Edwards minutes, and we didn't have to worry about where the where the missing minutes would come from. But we will soon. We will soon. And that's when things are going to get a little bit hairy. And it's also probably another argument for dropping the fringy guys, because if Ant is back on Sunday, which, I don't know, he's a super fast healer, but that ankle sprain looked real bad. It's a back-to-back, so maybe he misses one of those two. We talked about this, I think, on yesterday's show. If he's back, does that mean that Conley, Slow-Mo, Jaden, Nas, Tori, and all these guys no longer are playable? On the Roto side, maybe. On the head-to-head side, with the good schedule, I don't know that you pre-drop in a situation like that. But you can also maximize games this week, and don't worry, we'll talk about that on the second show we do a little bit later on today when we dive into the what's coming. Portland, big road win over Utah. Maybe bigger for Utah taking the loss than Portland getting the win because this dumped the Jazz out of the play-in tournament when most of the other play-in teams won last night. I think the Mavericks were the other one that lost in that in that battle. Larry Markinen hurt his hand, uh, I believe it was x-rays. Did they do x-rays or MRI last night? I don't know. Either way, it came back clean, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be fine to play in their next ball game. That's the issue there. Will Markinen play? If he doesn't, we've seen Kelly Olynyk go huge. Ochai Abaji went big the last time Markinen was out. Uh, THT goes bigger. Chris Dunn goes bigger. Because Markkinen took 23 shots. He's the team leader in usage in this one. And when you remove that from the equation, a lot of guys see a bump. Keep an eye on that for Utah. For Portland, we're getting sneak peeks here. And this is still with Damon Nurk playing. So there's still two more, if you want to call them regulars, that could still vanish for the Blazers. And we still got big games out of Trenton Watford. We got a big game out of Shaden Sharp. I like Watford a lot as long as Jeremy Grant is out. Um, I think you see Sharp and Reddish and Thibault kind of alternating a little bit with Simons out. But if we ever see anyone else rest, like if Nurkic goes down, Eubanks gets a huge bump. If Lillard sits in addition to Simons, Oh, well, then it's time to go crazy. Because at that point, Reddish would get a whole bunch of shots, and Thibault would have no choice but to take some shots. And Watford will continue to shoot, and Sharp would continue to shoot. I do think Portland is ripe to be the silly season capital of the universe here, but the question is when, and the answer is not yet. And before we talk about that last ball game, because again, we are doing this, this show in two sliced-up chunks today, This is our opportunity to remind all of you guys that this show is a Sports Ethos presentation. I am Dan Bespris, and I hope you'll find me on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. And make sure to check out, for a limited time, the Fantasy Pass. $5.99 includes both basketball for the remainder of the season, where you can get access to our premium Discord, which is access to the pros 24 hours a day, not just on a podcast every once in a while. And... Our first ever baseball draft guide, which is going to have upwards of 25 different features in it. They're ready to roll. Baseball starts any day now, so get yourself a fantasy pass at Sports Ethos by clicking on the premium tab and choosing Get Premium. Demo the fantasy pass, or 
demo yourself a wager pass as we head towards the basketball playoffs. Our wager guys are going insane. Mike Fiddle, who posted some of his numbers from the last year, is up 80 units in the one year he's been with us here at Sports Ethos. Wager pass is $14.99 a month, which is so much less. That's like what you pay for one pick at most websites, and that gets you a month of everybody at Sports Ethos. So please do check that stuff out. We got to do a little bit of promo here. You got to pay the bills here on Fantasy NBA Today. Now let's talk about the last show or last game on the card before we wrap up show number one for the day. And the story here was Austin Reeves again. Darvin Ham finally put him in the starting lineup after kind of toying with it seemingly for a while. And Reeves was spectacular. And a lot's being made about the free throw stuff. He's so herky-jerk. I Like, the, the complaining from the basketball community, to me, is folks that are not watching. Because he has gotten elite at drawing contact in a way that we only see from a handful of other smaller dudes. This is, okay, like 12 a game is not sustainable. But what Reeves is able to do from a contact standpoint... I don't know that there's an easy adjustment for teams. There will be players out there that can adjust to it. The best defensive players in the NBA, those are the guys that are going to be able to handle it. But the vast majority are going to foul him. We don't know when LeBron's coming back. There might be an update today. But in the meantime, Reeves has played himself into an all-formats ad as long as he's in the starting lineup and as long as LeBron James is out. And I know the Lakers' schedule isn't that great because I'm sure that's what you guys are yelling at me right now. I know that they only go two more times this week and only three times next week. Same deal as this week, by the way, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. But he, right now, Austin Reeves, is good enough to be a play in a three-game week. He's been crazy. D'Lo got warm again. That was useful for the Lakers, uh, but you're starting him in all formats. Anyway, Anthony Davis looked pretty good. Jared Vanderbilt is uh, probably would have played more in this one if not for foul issues. Wenyan Gabriel has been stealing some of his minutes, but one thing that I mentioned coming into this one, and and you know I, I understand that we're going a little bit deeper on certain teams than others here, but you're trying to figure out who to play on a given night. Gabriel's going to see more time against teams where the Lakers need the rebounding more and Vanderbilt's going to see time against teams where the Lakers need to stop a key scorer who isn't lightning fast. And so they tried to put Vanderbilt on Booker. It didn't do very much. Devin was still very, very good from the field. Although, Booker did have seven turnovers. You can put some of that on Vando, uh, even if he didn't come up with all those steals himself. That's the way the Lakers are going to deploy these guys. It makes it very hard to play any of those types in a roto format, but on the head-to-head side, you can kind of game it out a little bit as to when you think you're going to get the stuff. And then Malik Beasley is a, is a drop because he got moved to the bench. Defensively, he's a step down from Reeves. Offensively, he was supposed to be a step up, but right now he's losing that battle as well. Uh, so no reason to worry about him. I think the only position battle you're watching for the Lakers right now is Vanderbilt and uh, Wenyan Gabriel to kind of be the other bigger dude alongside AD. And it's, again, going to come down to basically defensive or rebounding need for the club. For Phoenix, DeAndre Ayton, we heard that he didn't make the trip with Phoenix, which is a, just a two-gamer now. Um, 
to L.A. yesterday. They're in Sacramento tomorrow. Then they're back home to host the Philadelphia 76ers. So you might see Aiton back for that Philly game. But the fact that he didn't even go on this trip was like, okay, well, that tells me that he's not super-duper close. Again, he might surface. He might surface. Um, but I don't know. And so then in the meantime, if you're block hunting, you could go Bismarck Biombo. Um, Tory Craig is obviously going to do a little bit more when Aiton is out. They're going to ask him to be a little bit more of a defensive presence, even if he nobody got to rebound all that much in this ball game. Tons of free throws and then mostly made shots, so rebounds were kind of in short supply. Uh, but you guys know how I feel about Biombo, which is I would very rarely start him unless you specifically and explicitly just need blocks. Because even the rebounds are a little bit hit or miss. And that is the first show for today. Again, we're trying out a two-show split day. We got the recap part. And later on today, stay tuned in whatever format you consume this podcast, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, whatever. We will have a look-ahead and playoff streaming show coming up. My guess would be shortly after lunch Pacific time when we get a little bit more info on what's going on tonight. And that should also give you guys a couple of hours to make the moves that you might want to make uh, for streaming this evening. Another thing that we can probably do because of the split show, and you know this is going to come down to how much time I actually have in my day, but we might be able to do uh, take the kind of streaming grid part of the show and stretch it into not just today, but also into the next day as well. So this opens up a few avenues for us to uh, to get a little bit more in detail on what's coming up later on this evening. So thank you for listening, everybody. Um, apologies if you don't like the change in format. Um, congratulations if you do. Just bear with me either way. I promise whatever we settle on, it won't be that hard for you guys to find the content. I just kind of want to see how this goes. We'll demo it for a week or two. If it works, we'll keep going. Obviously, in the offseason, we'll go back to, to one show because there are no games to preview. Uh, but again, I am Dan Bespris for Fantasy NBA Today. Recap show in the books. Find me on Twitter at Dan Bespris. Like and subscribe on YouTube if you're not doing that already. We'll talk to you guys, presumably, later on today. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.